This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It feels like a lifetime has passed since the last time we were here. But once again, it is Thursday, it is 6.30-ish, and the Mansfield Matters podcast is back. Coming up tonight, we take a look back as the unbeaten run comes to a shuddering end at home to Exeter City. Plus, in midweek, the Stags bounce back, albeit accidentally, as they beat Doncaster Rovers Reserves 5-1. We'll talk all about that and much, much more in tonight's podcast, where boss David Flickcroft takes a look at the new RH Academy, the new training ground on Weyburn Lane, and says it's going to make a massive difference to the way the club operates. It's phenomenal, you know, uh, it's got a 4G pitch with a stand, which is, you know, probably unheard of in, in, uh, in, in with such quality in, in, in a football sort of um, a League 2 level. So yeah, absolutely, can't wait to get up there, buzzing to get up there um, and, and delighted. And, and listen, credit to the football club, the vision it's had, again, the ongoing support from the chairman and Carolyn, the vision that they've had to do that and the, the hard work behind the scenes. Plus, it's back to league action on Saturday as the Stags head for Cambridge. Flickcroft says there are no easy games in Skybet League 2, but his players have a lot to prove. The boys are trying to do that and uh, you know, and that's what I can guarantee, that while they're committed to practice and they're committed on the training ground, then, uh, then the results turn into wins very quickly. There's all of that and much, much more, including, as always, your comments and questions from the live feed. You can listen to the audio version of this. Where were you? Thursday, 6.30ish, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash MTFC Matters. Tonight, though, that's enough with the intro. Let's get into the real thing. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast with Craig Priest, Nathan Edge, Cam Felton and Simon Mercer. Get involved in the live feed now.
Well, what a glorious sight that is, the Mansfield Matters logo and not these four faces. I'm Craig Priest, alongside me, Simon Mercer, Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. Speak for yourself. I am so, I'm just so happy to see you again. Thousands. Uh, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've missed you. What a, uh, well, it's been a fortnight since we were last here. Uh, Nathan, no doubt, is going to rip into me for not doing a podcast. Uh, last week so first and foremost if anyone's not seen my apology my groveling apology video um, from the other day I do apologise that there was no podcast last week um, a few basically personal circumstances new jobs new sort of lifestyles things like that and cu- coupled with the fact that Stags had no game last weekend so there wasn't really anything to talk about but there actually was so we're going to squeeze it all in uh, tonight and uh, get all that in as usual but of course as always, we want you to have your say on your team, uh, so get involved in the comments uh, below and uh, ask us a question, give us your opinion on anything. This is not just us for sharing a cup, or even though you know we do every week and we have a biscuit and some sweets as well, having a chat about stags. It's for you guys watching on the live stream as well. And if you listen to the audio version of this as well, where were you? 6.30 every Thursday on our Facebook page. Come and join us and get involved with uh, all the fun. And uh, you can tell that we've been away for a couple of weeks because we always have a bit of a chat just before we start and we put the mics up and we start talking and Cam went do you know what What the one thing that this podcast is missing and he went Craig's quizzes stay tuned maybe yeah, oh no I, actually, I mean oh. I wish I kind of wish I had right now because that would be hilarious yeah. But don't worry, boys, I haven't. But may, maybe, maybe I'll bring them back. Maybe just, maybe just something like a mo- a, no, maybe like a monthly thing. Last podcast of the month, just like a recap <laughs> quiz of the month, what's happened at the Stags. I mean, it, it could work, it could work. Or that, yeah, that's some of, you know, if you, don't, if you don't stretch any further than like two months, I might actually be able to remember something. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what happened yesterday, no, I in two months. Yeah, we shall wait. Old age and all that. We shall wait yeah, and yeah. see. Uh, right Big then, waters, you know. let's <laughs> del- let's delve into it. Let's uh, go all the way back to uh, last Saturday, and the unbeaten start to the season came to a shuddering end at home to Exeter. Expecting it there, or, or weren't you? Because after you know such a long time without a game, sometimes it can be a bit of a you know. Bit of, it, I don't. That I don't. Can play a part. Uh, we always knew it was going to be tough considering Exeter, just where they are in the league table. Fair enough, it's only against Notts County the week before, <laughs> but it was it's it's still a competitive game and it's still scoring five. So th- they've got that firepower, firepower if they, if they wanted to use it. Fortunately, we didn't get the full brunt of it, but I just think that first twenty minutes we look we looked in the in the game, we looked on it, we looked like we were going to be comfortable most at game, and then we just fell to pieces. So it was like. That bit of optimism that we had before the game, like oh, the, the second, but oh, second or third, wherever they were before game, but but it's it's a game that we can win. But uh, they, after twenty minutes, they seem to figure us out a little bit, and then we just couldn't really create much since. No, I think the uh, the whole not having a game the week before probably worked against us, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, in some ways, when the Seasons gets going, you sort of want games to come thick and fast because you get in the uh, in the in the mode of, of playing games. So and you're having a break this early in the season. It's not something that we've got used to doing really. So um, in some ways, I don't think it was I don't think it was really needed. Obviously, it wasn't taken because we needed. You know what I mean? I, I think it was something that probably would have benefited if we just had a game in there, to be honest. So, um, but I'm, I'm not too downbeat. I feel like. Exeter are going to be up there at the end of the season. Uh, they, they were showing 
they're still a good side and uh, you know if, let's say they finish the second at the end of the season you, you, you've got to lose to some teams and uh, I'd rather lose to teams like that than, than those down at the bottom well so there's the test isn't it obviously a team down there at the bottom I mean we're starting to slink down there a little bit now because of the draws but We've got to put it right Saturday, haven't we? We've got to put it right Saturday. Oh, massively, but you think one positive that we can take out of what we've done so far this season is we're halfway through September, nearly end of September, we're only just talking about his first loss. And you look at some teams and that's all they've done this season. You look at Macclesfield and Notts County, I haven't even won a game this season so far. So... Bless, yeah, bless, no, oh, bless. I'm so sorry for them. But it's like Thanks. this time last season, we were not doing much better than what we were now. It was only sort of like October, not even October, it was more November time mm. that we started turning everything around. But obviously, different, different style of management, different style of play. But it's still, do you think we may be trying to so- settle into the season still? And like, no, I don't think so. If we set, I, I think it, that's it, a concern. If, we, if we're saying that we're still but trying it's to like settle in, in, you look, you look at the games and just the performances are so in, inconsistent. It's like we'll have a good game, but we'll draw, and we'll have a bad game, I, I, and we'll I win. Think, I, I don't think it's inconsistent performance. To be honest, I, I think it's just I don't know what it is. We just. I think our, our problem is our decision making. Yeah. Actually, mm. in games, you know. You could take. You look at all the chances we've had in the last three games we've played. We should have been in double figures. You know, I know you don't score every time you shoot, which is you I know, but the the amount of chances we've had over the past three or four games, we should have been out of sight before even extra had their first yeah. shot on Saturday. I think, I think a lot. Those, lot the, I think the thing is, a lot of those draws could have very easily have been wins, and if they were. This defeat wouldn't feel as bad because we wouldn't be lying in the position they were on the set in the in the table now. And I think that's what what probably what's the worst part. It feels like we haven't won for a long time now. Um, so I don't think the fact just just losing to Exeter, I think no. it's a, a matter of all the games where we've played pretty well and we've dominated a lot of teams for for a lot of you know a high proportion of the game, but we've just not took our chances. It's one frustrating thing for me, and this, is, this seems to be a repetitive every single week, is we seem to start really well and come out of the blocks for 20 minutes, zipping the ball around, moving into different positions, playing nice passes, getting nice footwork in, things like that, and then twenty minute mark, the 20-minute mark comes, and then it's almost like we're playing a game of footballing game of musical statues. It's like the music stops, and then we just stand still for the rest of the game. We don't want to move, we don't want to pick up a pass and we just get marked out of the game too easily. Our teams, are we making it too easy for teams to mark us out of the game and shut us up? Well, you think we look at what we've played so far, and fair enough, Saturday was a little bit of a change from what we usually do, but it wasn't a massive change, and you wouldn't say that the players have come in into the team have been overly influential, they've can't really say anyone particularly stood out on Saturday. Everyone just had either a below average game or an average game. There was no one that stood out. Nobody that nobody really had that golden chance to be able to get a goal. Nobody, nobody just had that little bit more effort. It's like the, instead of taking a shot, they'd rather have that extra pass, and then that pass is intercepted, and then we have to start all over again. That there is our problem. We'd rather take the extra pass. 
than having a good goal. Trying to walk it in. Yeah. Shelley's just said exactly the same thing in the comments. If you want to get involved tonight, then uh, obviously feel free to do so. Leave us a comment. Uh, in the comments section or if you listen to the live version get a, get on the live stream come and join us come and join the fun um, maybe you just prefer listening to our voices rather than looking at our faces I mean looking at these yeah looking at these we've all got a face for yeah, radio face for radio there you go <laughs> uh, yeah Shelley says uh, we're trying to walk it in uh, the whole one up front thing at home isn't uh, working either or isn't on either I mean I can kind of understand why we went for that a little bit because it's on the it was on the back of the Lincoln game where Callum Butcher played really, really well at Lincoln, um, but if you put Butcher in, the position that he plays would be for Khan, and if you left Khan out, then they'd be uproar, so you try and play them both together. It's a bit of a catch-22 for Flickcroft, isn't it? Well, yeah, Callum, I think Callum Butcher had a better game on Saturday than what um, Khan did, so I think sometimes, fair enough, it, people will moan about it, but I think maybe a big player sometimes do need a break, and I think... Has Otis played pretty much every game so far this season? He's started everyone, hasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. I, don't, I think he was rested. Was he rested for the Accrington game or did he start with Butcher? That's where I'm wrecking my brains now. It's too late in the day to think. He did start Steady, because yeah. he played. He set up. Yes. Walker. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't play with Lincoln, did he? No. No. Out for that one. So Bar Lincoln. Yeah. Like, so, I, I, I agree with you, so, you like, it should be form, whoever's in form should be in that team. Really. Well exactly, it's like players that are having decent games are being left on the bench, even though it might be like cup games that we've had a decent game in, they're being left on bench for players that like the big names that are like demanding they're pretty much on the pitch. But do you think maybe it's something similar to what we did with Danny Rose last season, leave him on the bench for a bit, bring him on for the last 20-25 minutes? if we need something to change in the game and try and use him as an impact man get that attacking spark that that bit more of a threat back I think that might be highlighted for Tyler Walker I mean we look at that Lincoln game and it was, seems an eternity ago now for us doesn't it but in that Lincoln game obviously you know he'd been pretty much starting every game up front and been sort of involved and he dropped off a little bit but he came off the bench and made that sort of instant impact gave a a defence like Lincoln something to, to think about something to work about and had that bit of pace about him and maybe that might be Tyler's Walker's thing for three or four weeks that impact player well, that's the thing it's like you look at the Lincoln game and it, what 15 seconds after coming on it's just a random pop shot after it was Butcher it, it, was, it was a white ball through Butcher flicks it on with a back heel and it's just a pop shot straight off and I've, we've not really seen first time shots this season it's always been trying to pass it around find that a bit of space where Walker's just got that little bit of space seen it and just gone for it and that's that little bit of attacking intent that we've possibly lacked this season we've not seen it much is the big pro is the big question and the, the, the big problem is it a question of the personnel to fit the system or is it the system Itself, where are we going wrong? Do you think so? Is it the, is it the system or is it the personnel in the system? Well, they're all professionals, so technically they should all know what their job is. So I I wouldn't have said it. What? Well, I say that, and now I'm just kind of tripping myself up. That <laughs> yeah. I mean. uh, but if you've got if you've got a system and it's not working, then obviously you need to change it. So. And if it's not working within the first 20 minutes, obviously he's not going to bring any subs on. So in, you need to have, like what we've all been saying on past podcasts, plan B. 
and if after 20 minutes it don't work you need to change to plan B um, and you need to this is what training's for this is what you know this is what Monday to Friday is about training you know having different sort of scenarios to deal with do you think that maybe that's possibly the reason we had such a strong reserve squad play at Doncaster during the week you look at that squad and the players that were playing in it you've got Danny Rose in and Christian Pierce were in you've got pretty much a, a full starting 11 was playing for the reserves do you think that was maybe the opportunity to, to possibly try something different well the, so we, there's an argument there isn't there I mean it, it's one that the reserves thing we'll talk about it a little bit more in a little bit but with that it seemed to come out in the, in the news conference today that it was due to the fact that they couldn't train Monday due to an issue with the training pitch. It was an opportunity for them to train on a on a pitch and get competitive game minutes. It's very it's very strange, but I mean, when I first looked at, it, I don't know about you guys, but when I thought first looked at, it, I thought bloody hell, he's he's, having, he's he's either not happy with how they were Saturday or he's having a look for for Saturday here. Because other than, and I mean no disrespect to either of these two names, but other than you know Lewis Gibbons and, and and Jordan Graham who started that game all of the other you know nine were would be regular starters in in league 2 and Jordan Graham and Lewis Gibbons will be in two or three a, a years time but you look well, at that less than that could have been <laughs> less than that and you know I've got no qualms with them playing but you look at that squad and you think is he having a look for Saturday here or what's gone off it I, did I, seem I, so. I think even yeah. if, so I think even if like there, there is an issue with the training pitch I think it is a good opportunity to actually get out there and, and get the players firing because like we said we were we were a lot of players you know bulk of the team was off it on Saturday so uh, what better way to get a reaction out of them is by getting them on the pitch again and go out and get them to do it right and let's just hope that they take that through into Saturday now or I suppose you look at the bulk of that team that weren't quite on it on Saturday they played on Tuesday well, that's it. Let me just take, let me just take you through for the avoidance of uh, any doubt that lineup from uh, the game uh, on Tuesday it was Tuesday, wasn't it, at Doncaster, um, yeah. which was uh, a changing goal, which was obviously Connor Logan needed match match minutes. To be fair, uh, back three: uh, Preston, Pearson, and, and Gibbons. Um, uh, then the midfield four of White, um, McDonald, Bishop, and Benning with Khan uh, just behind Graham and Rose. So it's and then obviously at half time. Uh, five changes Sweeney um, CJ Elsnick um, uh, Butcher and Omari came on um, so you, you look at that and it's 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 very much a, a, a starting side from a Saturday afternoon in League 2 isn't it well if there's a train an issue with a training pitch then fair enough but you think It'd be better if a team did go out to somewhere like Doncaster to play a reserve game because it's like if you're playing in a, a match that's on like the training pitch against other players in that team, you're not really going to be able to figure something out for a match because you you know each other's weaknesses and strengths, so you can play to them. Whereas if you go in on a Saturday, you're not going to necessarily know what their weakness, their, the opposition's weaknesses and strengths are. So you can't really get a feel for the game as much. Whereas if you go out and play a reserve game, it's like, fair enough, it's only reserves, but it's still competitive football. A division above, it might not be regular starters a lot of, lot for them, but it, it's still a competitive game. It's played on a good standard pitch 
which is something that we're used to in this division by now. Most clubs have got a decent pitch, and it's just getting that minute, that few minutes under your belt to just work out what went wrong. Maybe play the system that you played on Saturday, and then just adjust it as you go along, and just see what happens, and then. Hopefully, if something works, then we could see it on Saturday. Let us know your thoughts uh, in the comments as well, if you're watching the live stream of this. Um, was it uh, a tactical decision, like Cam says, from Davy Flickcroft to have a little look at uh, things which went wrong on Saturday? Or was it to do um, with, uh, with the, the training ground issues? We'll talk more about the training ground as well. It's been given a name this week as well in the last couple of weeks. And the team photo has been out as well, so we'll uh, talk a little bit about that. And... Basically, Xander Diamond, if you're watching, I mean, he was excellent for us last season, a good leader, but somebody take that guy to have a haircut. I mean, he's got longer he's got longer hair than, than anything now. It's, it's great. Maybe he um, does need a magic hat. That's it. That's, it's, without the hat, the hair grows. I like it. Uh, John in the comments, uh, going back to Exeter, has said, uh, Exeter have been a strong side, but we should have uh, buried them after the first half an hour as we held them so well that the defence need to step up week in, week out as they didn't seem strong, as strong as other weeks what do you make uh, of that comment because um, I think he, he's perfectly right I mean thinking back to a few chances I mean I know it was only 2-1 which suggests a sort of tighter game than what it was but Exeter hit the post twice um, a couple over the bar as well didn't close crosses down CJ at left, left wing back rather than right wing back his natural left hand side but didn't cro close crosses down number of opportunities from that side as well we need to be that little bit tighter and uh, I don't know I, I think Maybe Exeter could have had a few more if you know Luck might have been on their side. Well, you think that, and in a way, Luck was on their side. Their first goal was absolute quality, bouncing off at post, but that could have gone absolutely anyway. But it's another one where it it, it just had that little bit too much space. No, nobody closed him down, and fair enough. Dean Moxley's played most of his career higher than League Two, but. He's still a quality player, possibly one of the best on their side, and we're giving him that much free time on the ball on the edge of the area. You wouldn't give any player in this division time on the edge of the area because most players can score from edge of area. And no matter how good your goalkeeper is, they're never going to stop that sort of shot. And it's down to the defence or the midfield to close that down, stop them from having that much time on the ball. What's your best back three, Nath? If you were to pick the three central defenders, excluding that's not too much about. choice. But <laughs> well, we, I think I think I beg to differ. I think we have. What, yeah. what, what, would, well, what would your strongest three be? So there's the three centres. I'd, I'd yeah. Christian Pierce, number one on the on the list. Always. Um, I honestly, I think Preston's probably had a couple of bad games now, so I think it's probably time for him to probably drop to the bench. I'd stick Sweeney in there, and um, I'll stick with, with White. That's what I put him in there. See, there's the thing because the last couple of games, White's gone back across to right wing back, and it's been uh, Pierce, Preston, and Sweeney. And I don't think I mean the three good quality defenders, but I don't think we, it goes to that back to that old thing of partnerships, doesn't it? I don't think that trio works for me. So, what, what about you? I mean, I'm sure you're going to be shocked to hear the words which are about to come out of my mouth, but. Hayden White, I would put at centre back, right side centre back, all day long, over Preston. No, I agree. Disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Disagree. I agree. I disagree with all of you then. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I, well, I just like Hayden White on right, right hand side, and I'm an old style sort of person anyway. Yeah, so we know that. 
I'll play four four two. Yeah. I won't I won't even you know give it another thought than put Aidan White on right, you know, and having bombing down right wing. <laughs> you know. And having you know, having cover from Otis and things like that. You know, because we've always been at our best when we've had a good attacking left and right right and left wing uh, right backs and uh, left backs you take the year we went up we got Pemberton and Corden them two were brilliant and then we got Ashley and Lawrence I them I, two I were brilliant it does and you, you know get different get types Christmas, of players yeah. the t-shirt which says against modern football <laughs> <laughs> back in my day back in my day that's it oh, but now I'd, and I'd, I'd have Preston and well, no, Pierce and Sweeney, I would say. See, there's the thing. I mean, because obviously Preston, unfortunately for him, got that concussion after Yeovil uh, away, which was quite early doors. So it was out of the team, which allowed Sweeney to come in. And I actually liked that three combination of White, Pierce in the middle, and then Sweeney oh. on the left-hand side. And then I think games going on from that one, it's not been those three, when it's been mix and match, it's not really worked because... It's that positional thing for me. Sweeney is an absolutely top-class left-side ball-playing centre-half. Pierce is a dominant central centre-half, can play on both feet and can play left or right when needed. And play um, midfield and attack uh, and, and up front and in goal and wherever. <laughs> and then you've got White, who can go across to the right-hand side and do that, but also can play right-side centre-half and allow us to get a little bit wider with wingers. I, I just like the, the White-Pierce... Sweeney I'm, I'm combination. I'm, I'm completely with you. I think I feel for a bit for Preston. I think up to that Likewise. when he got that injury, uh, uh, he, he was over, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think he was actually showing us why it's such <coughs> a good signing for us, but it's just not been right since then. I just think when you've got those other players that have come in and done so well, I think if Preston's going to be on the team, he has to be that centre. He has to be right in the middle. And unfortunately, I, I don't think he's better than, than Pierce. So I don't think you should take that, you know, off that Pierce. Off. off. Off of Pierce, so and you know I, I, I agree with you. I think. And you think that the games where we've not played like Sweeney or whoever, and we've had Lewis Gibbons coming, we've had good games. Fair enough. Macclesfield were a bit of a blip. Nobody in particular had a good day. Yeah. But Gibbons has come in most whenever he's played, and he's done a, a satisfactory job. And do you think that maybe the play because? the back three what back three back four whatever wasn't so good on Saturday do you think it's time to change it up on Saturday away at Cambridge and possibly play a three at the back but maybe have Gibbons I'm just in. thinking back to the last time we played three at the back at Cambridge in the infamous uh, get back on the bus run a <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of comments uh, coming in uh, on this subject so I want to get to those before we inevitably go off on the tangent which we always do uh, on this show uh, going on, on to your point Shelley says that Mal Benning needs to come uh, back into the side for me my mind. Um, uh, Paul says I don't like CJ as a defender much better coming forward in front of Benning for me uh, John says I think the players have been out of position and that doesn't work they suit best when they play best i.e. CJ White and, and uh, Mellis pushing forward as a defensive defending winger uh, Peter says um, 
20 passes before we have a shot, come on CJ, he's got a to clear first defender to get crosses in, he's a great deal of possession but when we get into the final third his end product is poor uh, and John says that he uh, uh, agrees uh, with Paul. Um, I think on that I think a lot of people agreeing with us there that they need, it's a positional thing uh, rather than a system thing in that back three but CJ as a right, I love CJ to bits, I think he's a great attacking player as a right wing back doesn't work because he can't use his right foot and wants to come back on his um, <laughs> on his left foot but then again but then if you don't play CJ there you've got to play Hayden White there which means he's not in the three central defenders which means in my opinion and in Cam's opinion and Nathan's opinion is not as effective as he is whereas you disagree um, and then if White's in that back three and there's no Hamilton or whoever there's no Hamilton at right wing back who plays right wing back? Because yeah. that's the position, aren't we? Where the only other person that can play is either Mackerel. Get Ando back in squad. Let's just it. put it out. Bring there. back Paul Anderson. Ando, Ando Bring back play. that beard. Ando could play that role, but then you think you've also got the same problem the other side of the pitch. Yeah. With left. Well, Benning. Because if you've got Benning at left wing back, where's CJ going to play? And vice versa. Yeah, but I, this, this, this is where I, I personally feel. <laughs> <laughs> I think on Saturday, I'd. I mean, I'm a massive fan of CJ, but I would actually probably put him on the bench, and I'd go, I'd put Benning, Benning in, and I'd bring CJ on. Thinking exactly the same thing because if you've got the thing with Mal and CJ at the minute is because they're both playing, and they're competing for that similar position. CJ is much more effective on the left. Fact done. Yeah. But he's not a defensive player, and I think when we get past that first 20 minutes of games, that's where we're starting to get caught a little bit. So if Mal's in there. He knows he's got to perform because if he slips up and makes a mistake like he did do, he's going to get dropped out of the side for CJ. And, and I just don't, I'm, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big fan, but I just don't think CJ is one of those names on the list where you, you think he's just, he just can't be taken out of the team. So I don't think it's a matter of like, oh, you want to put Benning on, but where's CJ going to go? It's, well, you're going in CJ's place and, and vice versa. So whoever, they've got to be on the toes and whoever's performing stays on the pitch. It's just, as simple as that and I, I just think um, I mean I got really annoyed after Exeter when I was walking back in amongst the crowds on uh, on Saturday so there was a couple of people really sh- giving CJ some sticks and he wasn't fit to wear the shirt and stuff like that and I, was, I couldn't believe it because a few weeks ago everyone was, was absolutely raving about him because he, he was doing that final bit picking off the passes and things like that and he showed, he's one of those who's been in throughout the summer doing all the hard work and he's an honest player I, you know I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing but he did have a bad game, and I do think it's probably time for him to probably for, for Benning to go in and take his place. Do you think maybe some, uh, just changing the system so that it suits us a bit more, but maybe go four three one two? Because then that'd suit. Because you could have your back four: Hayden White at right back, Benning at left back, Sweeney and Pierce in the middle. That part in Sweeney and Pierce is in, the key. For then me. in front, because you can have CJ left side, Macca right side, Bishop in the middle. Khan in front of them and then Davis and Walker Somebody or at least Davis and Rose or supporting Walker, Walker. Rose. I don't like Walker on his yeah. own exactly because then that's, like Walker on his own. that's still that. we've got yeah. the solid back four which is something that's crucial in this division because if you've not got a steady back four then you're just going to get ripped to pieces every week you've got that little bit more attacking threat in the midfield but you've also got the support for the strikers as well I think though the, the issue there is the McDonald thing because it goes back to what we were saying probably this time last year when that transition was about just about starting Alex McDonald now for me is a, I see him as a central midfielder 
if I saw Alex McDonald starting on the wing, I'd be worried. And if you, and if you, I don't know. I, I just don't see him as a as an out and out winger. But I think when it, when they changed it around and everything on Saturday, Macca looked completely different. Looked a much better player out on the right wing. Do you think that was just down to the game, or whether it was? I think that's I think just Macca's mindset because he would run and chase everything. But if you also look back at the highlights from the reserve game, um, and you look at a few moments from the extra game as well. Chances of becoming from misplaced passes from Macca. The reserve Doncaster's goal came from Macca's attempt to go cross park with the pass, with a long pass, and it didn't work. They cut it out. So I don't know. This, this, I, I prefer him as a central player for me. I think he's much more effective because he's that box to box. He's that got that tenacity. I just wish he'd played further forward behind front two. Yeah, as an attacking midfielder rather than a defensive midfielder. Yeah. That he needs that we've got know, Bishop now to hold that defence yeah, yeah. so we don't need him there like, we, we should, should pick that should go further, yeah, pick if that only we would have kept Paul Digby eh? we would have aimed to have a defensive nope. midfielder who's that? he's that, that vegan isn't he? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he's even playing these days I'm just saying there's a reason we've got green shirts for Cambridge I think there's a few porkies going off here oh dear it's it's frustrating. I mean, let's get back to the seriousness. I mean, for, for Saturday for me, three four one two or four four two. I'm going to side with you, Si. I'm going to start four four two, and then after that first twenty yeah, thirty minutes, then go back to the three, and I'd bring Mal back in. See, and so it'd be CJ's more effective further up pitch. Yeah, and I've yeah. said it all along. The only question is, he's a 4-4-2 sort of guy, though. No, he's not. The, the issue over Connor is, well, you just put him on the right wing because he played left wing all last year for for Yeovil. Can play left wing, right wing, wherever. So I think he can play that effectively. So I think we've got the personnel to do it. Flickcroft just needs to have a little bit more. Just needs to watch this. Yeah, just needs Dave, Dave, if you Dave, <laughs> Dave. Oh, Marit. It's no. um, galvanising, come on. Let's go, yeah, <laughs> just needs to be galvanised a little bit and just maybe just go for that 4-4-2 option uh, a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. No. He's, he's, he's not a 4-4-2 sort of guy. He'll end up with Walker up front on his own. If, <laughs> if that happens, I'm literally going to cry. <laughs> he's settled into this three system, which, to be fair, we've worked a lot and we've worked, but we need to find a way to stop teams from stopping us playing now because that's the biggest issue. Because... Every single week we seem to play a longer game of musical statues and that is the frustrating thing. Macclesfield did it for it for 45 minutes in the second half and got caught. Exeter did it for a while. There's been so many games where we, we, we've gone for that. We've played musical statues. It's just so frustrating. Let's move on though and talk a little bit uh, about uh, other things this week. Training ground has been uh, given a name. The... Uh, RH Academy. What do we make of uh, the name? When I first heard that, I thought it was for Robin Hood. Uh, it's for <laughs> Bradford, Bradford Heim, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I first read it, it's like Robin Hood. Okay. Not a good name. I think it's exciting. I, it's about time, isn't it? Like, it's been, it sort of feels like it's been, this has been coming for ages now. Um, it's been waiting and waiting, but it looks like it's just around the corner. See, so. you look at this and you think it's got a little bit of a stand. 
Does that mean now that reserve games and youth team games are all going to be played up there? Oh, 100%. I would be so, so it's shocked. It's going to be at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, though. So yeah, I would be so shocked. I suppose that's the one positive that we can get. We don't have to play reserve games or youth games anywhere else now. We've got our own place. We don't have to go out to Rainworth. We don't have to go out to Clipston. I mean, I, I, would, I, do, I will feel a little bit bad for those clubs because I am a believer that you've got to support your local grassroots team oh, yeah, but definitely. how many teams can, can say I think this is we will benefit us in the long term how many teams can say right we've got our own training ground where the first team the under 23s the under 21s the under 18s are all training under the same roof every player who's getting medical treatment is getting treated under the same room as the rest of the squad we're all eating together all socialising together and going forward Together I'll say, what's, what's it going to be? It's one one three G pitch and something like three or four regular grass pitches. Got so four it, years, aren't it's, it's, it's more than enough for everyone to train up there because you can play your matches and and if everybody's in the same place as well, um, Futch can kind of say to David, just come and have a look at this player. Exactly, you know, they're all in the same area. You've not got to travel to to the training pitch and say, oh. So-and-so had a great game today against whoever, or he's trained really hard. You ought to take a look at him. And you've got to say, oh, I've got to wait till tomorrow or Friday or whenever to go and see him. They're all in the same place. So it's just like, come and take a look at him. You know, and it's an opportunity for youngsters. Exactly, but it also means that we're not necessarily having to play games uh, uh, during the day because we've got now got the infrastructure there that we can play reserve and youth games at night rather than in the middle of the day mm. which will benefit the players a little bit more because it's not breaking that routine as much it's like fair enough m well, most of the games kick off at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock for reserves and youth games so sort of like keeping to that football schedule either playing at 3 o'clock in the midday or playing at 7.45 it'll just be able to just keep that rhythm going not unsettling the players' rhythms because you can still get a decent training session in and then have the game in the evening or whatever. And I if these youngsters do come in, that, like you say, not disrupt them for the first team. Exactly. I mean, I the one thing I'm so glad about is the fact that you mentioned it, the word stand. There is a stand with the main pitch where you presu would presume it's going to be used for the under-23s, for the reserves, for the under-18s and whatever. The fact that you know supporters will be able to go down there, there's going to be a social bar uh, as well, things like that. That is going to be such a positive because sometimes you know it, it's not like you can get to, to Brooksby to go and watch. It's a long way. It's a long way to go. It's, it's not even Man it's not even Nottinghamshire. It's 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 too. It feels too isolated and this is going to be massive and in terms of attracting players for the future as well mm. that's going to be a big thing you look you look at young players that are coming through grassroots clubs you look at a lot of the clubs around here you look at your, your Teversals your Rainworths your Clipstons players that are playing there that might make the step up to our academy sides they've also got now got that bit more motive because it's like oh we're, we're not training on a, a dodgy pitch you look at a lot of the pitches they're not even flat that they play on most weeks so at least with the new place all the pitches are going to be tip top condition you know you don't <laughs> so the amount of money we spent on it it'd be an absolute shame for it to go downhill but you're going to be playing on top level pitches the 4G pitches are a FIFA standard so it's going to be top top level and you're going to be able to 
get that consistent performance, you're not going to have all oh, molehill got in way, little bump got in way. You can actually play passing football because there's no wonder you get so many conference teams playing hoofball because you look at the set of their pitches and it's terrible. You look at what we played on at our ground exactly. where we run at conference and that was down to poor weather but we didn't have the budget either but now we have got that budget we can play better football because the pitches are better we don't have to play hoofball all the time well that's our thoughts now. I mean we'd love to hear yours in the comments as well let us know what you think uh, all about uh, the, the new training ground are you looking forward to seeing it open um, you know it's going to have a social bar as well so will you go down there and get involved with things like that will you go and watch the reserves and the under 18s a little bit more and feel and the ladies as well no doubt the ladies football club will be there as well will you get involved with the club a little bit more you know our thoughts on it let us know yours but let's hear uh, from a man who is going to be very much involved in it um, and that man of course is the Stags boss David Flickcroft let's hear his thoughts on the new training ground he's been speaking to iFollow earlier today a key decision on me coming here was was the fact that knowing that you know for the first time in the club's history, it, it, the chairman um, Caroline, Steve Imus, the board was developing its own training ground. I think it's a fundamental um, part of any infrastructure. Uh, but when you get up there, you know, and and you see the actual site, um, the building that's been built, um, and and the size of it. It's, it's phenomenal, you know, uh, it's got a 4G pitch with a stand, which is, you know, probably unheard of in, in, uh, in, in with such quality in, in, in a football sort of um, at League Two level. So, yeah, absolutely can't wait to get up there, buzzing to get up there um, and, and delighted. And, and listen, credit to the football club, the vision it's had, again, the ongoing support from the chairman and Carolyn, the vision that we've had to do that and... The, the hard work behind the scenes, you know, Steve Imus, uh, is is and the director's vision for uh, and Mark Burton, the direction um, to put the club in, in good hands and good stead for that time. And it's been difficult because I think that, you know, I'm not sure uh, it was going to be used as a first team training ground. Um, but, you know, we certainly want to lead lead the, the message up there, lead the values up there. Um, it's a training ground for the community. Um, you know, but we've got to set the standard as the first team going up there. We've got to set the standard, whether that's punctuality, professionalism, preparation, um, the standard of, of excellence. We've got to stamp that mark because the facility, the building is that good, you know, and the 4G um, is that good. So, and I think it'll be a lot easier. I've found at times um, it can be departmentalised at the one call. You know, you've got the physio room under one stand, uh, you eat under another stand. Um, it, it's on on your own training ground. You can spend more time with the players. You know, um, so I, I, yeah, it's it's more confined. It's a lot more um, compact, and um, yeah, it, it'll make a massive difference to the way we do things. That's boss David Flickcroft speaking to you. I follow early today talking about the new training ground. If you want to watch that in full, of course, go to www.mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow. Get yourself a subscription. There is loads of great content on there. Um, I actually, again, we've spoke about this a number of times now about how David Flickcroft talks in some interviews and not the fact he's monotone and dull uh, but he seems to have a passion for it and obviously he said the training ground was a big draw for him to come to the club he's talked about uh, being 
departmentalised there, you know, training in one area, eating in another area, medical in one stand, that sort of thing, kids miles and miles away, not even on our bloody doorstep. And Cam's just made a fantastic point whilst we were listening um, to that, which is very rare for Cam, so we might as well credit him, um, which was... Um, you go back to the Memory Lane series, and if you want to watch that, look on the website. Doing well tonight. I'm applauding for that. Um, and you get players from the past, and they're like, they talk about not knowing where we're training day to day. And that even comes back <coughs> to recently, I think it was possibly the conference winning season. The amount of times I'm walking to school, and the players have been, or walking back from school, they've been training on Sutton Lawn because the weather's been bad. And it's like, we're just ground hopping all the time, training. It's not been too bad recently, because obviously we've had the top pitch sorted out, so you can train up late. Ah, well you say that. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, around. <laughs> but we've actually now got somewhere that we can call our own. We're not having to... You look at all the places and we're like, you've got to be out by a certain time because they're shut. Or you can't go in here because it's already booked. Yeah, and it's like an hour, you can only book the pitch out for an hour, or you can only have a quarter of the pitch for two hours. You, you, it's not your space, is exactly. it? Exactly, and now it's it's ours. It's nobody else's. It's ours. Fair enough. We be it'll be used for community benefits. So you'll probably have maybe a couple of charity matches. You might get a couple of youth cup finals, local league cup finals. You'll have that community aspect of it, but you'll also have the professional football side of it, where it's like. You have got everything under one roof. You've got you've all got all the changing facilities. You've got classrooms for the youth team, and if you need to have like meetings with the team, you can go in there. You've got all the pitches that are able to use. So if you've got if you've got like a, a bunch of players that might be not quite up to match fitness, you can work with them, and you can work with the rest of the squad. And you're not having to travel miles, and that's a massive problem because you look at fair enough the youth team's players are starting to make that step up to the first team but you look at half the youth team they're all down at Brooksby and it is just miles too far out of the way I mean it even goes as far as I mean I might be reading too much into this or whatever but you even look at like some of the email addresses to contact like you uh, academy staff and it's not at Mansfield Town it's at Brooksby Melton or what, whatever it is and it almost it almost feels like they're working for the college and I don't, as, as much as, you know, you, you credit Brooksby for putting on this partnership and giving us access to their facilities in the past pre-seasons, that sort of thing, I don't want that. I want it to be under one roof and everyone working. I want Dempster to, you know, be in the next office to, to, to Flitcroft. I want every, the injured players to be, to not feel isolated by the fact that they've got to go and, you know, train at a medical facility or, or whatever. I think that is, is going to be, a huge, huge benefit. And if you're a player, say si, you were a player and you were signing for a club, going um, on that age, you're a player. Well, well I, know, <laughs> I don't think you're ever there. But if you were a, a player and you were sort of asking about training facilities and things like that, and a manager said to you, "Well, yeah, we train on the pitch uh, two days before a game. We train a couple of times at the local school. Can be a lot of driving around." You'd be thinking, "What? What? Yeah, where's professionalism in that sort of thing?" Uh, yeah, I, I would actually be thinking that sort of, do I really want to be here sort of thing, travelling around, <coughs> you know, because if you've got to travel a long way to train, then you've got a match on Saturday, you know, it's more travelling, you're going to be knackered, to be honest, so with that being in one place, it's like everybody's going to be there, 
you know, as a new player coming in, everybody's going to be there. You're going to meet everybody. You know, you're going to get to know all the staff and the players. You know, on a day-to-day -day basis while you're there, it can only be good. And you look at that as a positive, but you can also look at it as when youth team players are wanting to make that step up, you can integrate them with the first team a lot easier because they're not out at Brooksby. They're not out well, at Clipston. Well, they're all that, but we don't actually know that. In in um, his in David Fickoff's interview, it did sort of still sound like it's going to be a, they're still going to be doing Brooksby. So because he said what will be happening is that the top three scholars from there will be coming to the to, to uh, Lake. What well, I will get RH Academy. So um, well, exactly. But it's like you can't. I just hope in the future that they are going to bring the whole thing here. That's what. Well, I think if you look at the, le you look at the, the levels, right, yeah. at, look at the levels that, and think about how many teams are in the the youth. You can understand why your your ages sixteen, seventeen are going to be still at Brooksby because they're still young. They've still got a learn they've still got to do an education programme which might not suit yet but do you think they could ever bring that locally yeah that's, that's what I think yeah I think that would be the, the long term plan because we went to Brooks because well hopefully we got this partnership with Brooks because they have got fantastic facilities but now so have we yeah it's just missing that educational factor now but then if you look at that if you think about we're currently training on the top pitch at, at, at the ground we're not going to be training on the top pitch of the ground. Therefore, we're not going to be using the the sweeps for uh, you know the eighteen sixty one Kevin Bird or wherever for to have player meals and player um, the you know the data sessions and the tactic sessions because it's all going to be off site at, at the RH Academy site. So that then frees up the ground to, to bring that space in. If exactly. That's what they want to use. You look yeah. you look at the facilities that are at the ground already. Obviously, they've just started doing all the football community part of it up so they've got a new boardroom and learning space although it, is to be, it should be said that football and the community is a separate entity yeah they do they do but they do but still they, are, they do support them and it is great the, uh, the youth team does still stay use tuned it. for stuff coming soon about us doing something for football and the community Legends Live will yes. return but um, there's also the classroom that's under I can't remember right at the end that stand there's a classroom under there that's used quite regularly Kevin Bird Suites used quite regularly whether I've been setting up discos or weddings or whatever, a lot of the time they've been learning in there and we've got to work around that. And fair enough, it's not every day that it's used, but it's still being used and it's still keeping the focus of their scholarships to be like with us, not with Brooksby. Fair enough, they do a fantastic job down there, but we don't want players to be that far away from home because if you want him to tr attract players you want local players you don't want to have to telling them right if you want to join us you've got to go to Brooksby every day and if that's a 16 year old how's a 16 year old going to get to Brooksby every day exactly it, it does sort of beg the question are we actually breeding local talent or are we breeding local talent from a different area we're not mm. Brooksby Melton FC are we we're Mansfield Town FC I think this is going to play a big part a big part in it but I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to to seeing it open because obviously the pictures and everything at the moment are obviously all you know still sort of it's still a building site. There's, the pictures aren't really there, bar for the three G. I'm looking forward to seeing it as a facility, a fully working facility, and I'd love to, you know, maybe bring some some home some of the ex Stags graduates who didn't have that in their day and sort of see what they make of it as well. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Be really good. Let's turn our attention now um, from. Um, 
training pitches to green shirts. What do we make of this? Obviously, um, our away kit is black and gold. Cambridge playing amber and black in a little bit of white trim as well. So, as do Newport. So, there are at least two games this season where we're not going to be able to wear the home kit or the away kit. It does seem to me like they've sort of forgot about it when they were designing the away kit and thought, oh, hang on a minute, we need a third kit here. What do you make of the third kit? It's very, um, what's the word, goalkeeper-esque, isn't it? What do you yeah. make of it? Yeah, it, it, it's nice. I like it, it. It is nice. I do not like it. But it is nice. But it's like, yeah, who who planned this season that I, well? Mm. I just think for forty quid, I just think it's a bit extortion. That yeah, forty. I mean, I'm going to do it. But it's forty quid from my wallet will be going to the club shop to buy one of those shirts. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it does, it does good to the club. You know, I'm not saying that, but. After having a summer of just bringing out an away shirt, yeah, of which is also forty quid, then they bring yeah. out a third shirt. It's a third shirt. Which they're going to wear once, two months, and they're going to wear it like twice, twice three times yeah. tops. You yeah. know, it it's extortionate, especially for them people that's got kids as well. Yeah. You know, if they all want a third kit, you know, that's like loads of money. Um, <laughs> loads of money. They, it's what they should have done, in my opinion, is they should have said. You can have a shirt for 40 quid, but you get a free ticket to whatever match you want at home. Yeah, I mean, some sort of deal. I mean, they are going to be limited edition, so they could do some sort of... Um, um, Roll on payday. When are they on sale? Do we know? We don't know. It's just says very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon indeed. Probably Monday. Yeah, I would presume so. I mean, which would be quite ironic, wouldn't it? Because surely people will want to wear it when the team are wearing it, which is Saturday. Yeah. Which is quite awkward. Oh, they might announce tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, Shelley, by the way, has sent in a comment saying, Simon, if Danny Rose scores in that green shirt on Saturday, oh, I will yeah. buy you one. So, can we take a photo shot yeah, no, of that? There, there, there you go. Of Screenshot it for right. you. There you go. There you go. It's all done. Come on, Danny. Come on, Danny. Uh, that is, if any, if anything has uh, been, uh, if anything is nailed on, and that is uh, all good, isn't it? Um, obviously, let's turn our attention to Saturday a little bit, and um, we know time is pushing on, so we'll uh, move it on swiftly. Green shirt, looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be going to be good. Um, does stink a goalkeeper? Does that mean a legend gets to play up front? No, don't forget the goalkeeper's away kit. <coughs> the, just the away kit. Yeah. So well, the home kit well, that would have had to be changed or they've got away didn't yeah the black yeah. And, although they, is that a nice grey one they yeah, they've the got about one. four different goal kit, goal they've got the bright orange one bring back the pink one yeah bring back the hashtag bring back Mazza's pink one yeah. don't read too much into that <laughs> <laughs> let's move swiftly on keep it PC <laughs> keep it PC it's a family it's a family show even though yeah. Um, <laughs> What's it mean for? <laughs> I don't know. Whilst Simon has a go at me for that, let's hear what David Tutkoff has to say about uh, Saturday's upcoming fixture. Obviously, on the back of that Exeter defeat, he knows that Stag's going to put things right. Let's hear what Flickcroft has to say about Saturday's opponents uh, and putting things right on the pitch when it matters. There's been some real surprise results and. Um, I don't think the form settled down yet. I really do think it's um, it's still at a, uh, an unpredictable stage, and uh, any League Two team uh, can has got threats. Um, but certainly, we'll, we'll try and take advantage of um, 
of the work we've put in this week and um, and take advantage of Hull's, um, you know, not just being upset by Exeter taking that unbeaten run off us and not frustrated, just uh, out of a pride thing. You know, we got things wrong on Saturday and we've got to make sure we put them right. And, and the lads have been, and we've been working hard to, to do that this week and achieve that. So it's a real concentrated effort on on us going representing Mansfield Town and us representing the work we've put in, you know, pre-season, off-season, pre-season and then uh, the work up to now, you know, and, and we've got to start putting more points on the board um, because, it, you know, it's all right, the performance is being good and the level of play being of, of, of good quality, um, but, you know, we the responsibility scoring goals is a responsibility and stopping goals is a responsibility and it starts with me and ends with me um, and you know we'll we'll make sure we get that right come come Saturday you know I'm seeing a group of players that's uh, prepared to stay behind uh, get on the training ground early commit to everything we're doing and um, like I said you know could have been a difficult game on on, on Tuesday having to you know uh, playing a reserve game when you've just played a first team game but the attitude was phenomenal the attitude was fantastic um, you know and that's what I want to see day in day out it doesn't matter uh, where we're going to represent make sure that you're committed to what you do and uh, you know the 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 boys are trying to do that and uh, you know and that's what I can guarantee that while they're committed to practice and they're committed on the training ground then uh, then the results turn into wins very quickly. David Flickcroft speaking to you. I follow Stags early stage. If you want to watch that full interview in full, then get on mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow some good content on there for you to watch. Obviously talking about Cambridge. Mentioned in there, so obviously players staying behind and mentioned the good work ethic. At least it, it, it's, it's refreshing to know that the players aren't coming into it after the defeat to Exeter thinking, oh, well... They, want, they seem to want to put it right, don't they? You know, and coming in early, wanting to get on the training ground, you know, not wanting to come off it, you know, on time and staying behind for extra extra sessions and extra work, just, just to prove that, you know, they, they are wanting to, you know, put things right for people like us who, who pay the money and, and go and watch them. You know, they, they want to win games and they, you know, they, they want to... Progress and hopefully every single one of them want to, you know, go up the league and get promoted with Mansfield Town Football Club. Nathan, David Flickcroft there talks about you know being responsible for you know mischances and, and things like that and putting things right. He knows the pressures on him a little bit because I I I, I don't want to get sucked into this argument because I, I think it's irrelevant because you've got two separate sides and two different seasons and two different scenarios, but. His record on paper at the minute isn't looking great, and people are starting to bring it up, and yeah. he knows that pressure's there, and you know, stranger things have happened in football, haven't they? I, yeah, um, I think we were saying before before we came on air. Unfortunately, football fans are very fickle, and especially basketball <laughs> town fans. And um, you know, it, after one defeat. You know, our first defeat in you know a long time, obviously, probably if you don't count West West Brom. Um, a lot of people are already sort of losing their heads, and I can sort of feel the frustration. We have drawn too many this this season, but if if we won that game, we could have been we'd be feeling very different. So, um, but 
I do. St- I think now we just need to start putting some wins together. Uh, well, get some points on the board. As, as, but much it's still as, early days. as much as people complain about it, you look, including the West Brom game and the Accrington game, we've lost what two games in what is it thirteen competitive matches, which spans back to the end of last season. Stevenage away, and that was a one-one draw. We've only lost twice since. I think the problem is though is that we've drawn about eight of them. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the issue. It's the draws it, it, because yeah. it's only one point, isn't it? And I, I guess in the you, you shouldn't really look at the table this early on because that no. really means no. nothing. That's going to change a lot apart from that's kind of the bottom, which is really funny. Yeah, Harry Kuehl, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, mate. Harry Kuehl, very good. Take it from Agent No, isn't he? But um, it's it just it. You just want to be amongst it all the time, don't you? And I think that's the thing. You know, lingering the you know the bottom half. You just you just want to see your tight side further up. But it's still early days. I feel like we should really give Flitcroft time to really. I mean, he's stamping his mark. You can see that on the pitch, and you can see what the signings has brought. And I think that's positive. I, I can't see anything. You know, I feel like we're playing decent football. And we're getting there, but the only it's just thing the results which, that's not coming now. The only thing which grabs for me is that nature of playing musical bloody statues after that 20 minutes. We seem to start really well, ping it around and look really good, and then we just freeze. Yeah. Just don't stop running, because whilst you're running in that system, when you're moving and when you're fluid in that system, that is when we are going to batter teams into the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you, you look on Saturday, that mm. first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever it was, we could have easily had two or three in that, that space of time. It's just, we, we, instead of trying to take that shot on, we were just playing across the edge of this 18 yard box. Just coming on from that as well, Flickcroft, he says, like, the book stops with him, which it does, but the players need to take some of the responsibility when they step over that white line. If they're missing chances, that's not Flickcroft's fault. No. That's their fault. And they should be doing something to put that right. And I know Flickcroft's the manager, and yeah, he's, he's got his job to do, and he needs to kind of, he needs to help them put it right, because he's the boss. But the players who's on that pitch need to take some responsibility for missing. But it's like, you look at things like that, the only way that you can really blame a manager is by the players that you bring in, you start in tactics and you subs. The rest is purely down to the players. He has got a couple of subs wrong sometimes. I think yeah. he's starting tactics. And he's he's owned up to them, them as well. He has, and he's a very honest manager. I yeah. do appreciate you, you that. Compared to last season, it's always... I, I, the ref was absolutely against It was always the ref's fault or it was the players' fault or it was the fans getting on the backs. It was never him. Yeah. Never. Which which is something that I do prefer about the tail end of last season, this season. Flick Cross owned up and said... Look, yeah, I, I've, I've got not got things right, and I'd rather have that as a manager than someone that's in denial and refuses to change anything. Last couple of comments uh, from the live feed before we talk about one other issue, and then we uh, then we then we wrap things up for tonight. Roger, uh, Roger says, "I'm sure the lads are desperate to show them their metal, so I'm expecting better things against Cambridge." Uh, I would also think on the back of that, the, the game against Doncaster, they'll have a bit more about them as well. Uh, Paul says. 
We really need to win on Saturday uh, if we are to seriously challenge uh, the moving of the league. Has to start the sh uh, stop start soon. Uh, James says at the end of the day, Rose needs to start, and if Flickcroft insists on playing wing backs, then Benning needs to be at left wing back. He's only natural wing back. We have personally, I'd like to play two up front, two natural strikers, and not a makeshift midfielder slash striker. And Roger says Great. final comment of the night um, says and agree with this as well. Let's see where we are. Uh, 10 to 15 games time time will tell all I'd say 10 games uh, uh, at the minute and see where we are uh, then um, obviously Cambridge on Saturday which means Cam's got a bit of a smile on his face because yeah. he said whilst we were listening to the Flickcroft interview if we lose on Saturday well, we don't want to obviously um, can we do a remake of a classic clip backstory if you've only just started watching Mansfield Matters recently Mansfield Matters used to be used to provide commentary on matches. Can't do any more because of uh, football league rulings and things like that. That's why we don't do oh, it. Oh, if we could, if only we could, we would be there. It, <laughs> be it would be great with us for us four on, on a match day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd love brilliant. to commentate. That'd, That'd be, be brilliant. Awesome. Make what do you reckon? No one's got yeah. the ball. <laughs> I, I can hear the ball moving. I don't know who's got it, but it's got, 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 that's them. <laughs> it would, oh, it would be great. Sit down, it's done. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, conference season, the year we won the league, um, Cambridge away, we were absolutely awful, and then this happened. Lead and this is embarrassing to watch. Get your coats, get back on the bus, and come back when you've grown some. I'm never going to outlive that one, am I? No. Nope. There you go. Uh, let's uh, very briefly just uh, talk about something uh, which is close to my heart, and I think uh, a few people's as well. I'm sure you'll have seen this sort of on social media over the last couple of weeks uh, or so. Uh, former Stags goalkeeper Lenny Pidgeley has retired from uh, playing, obviously, was on loan at the Stags um, a couple of seasons ago under Adam Murray's. Uh, management uh, due to depression obviously we wish him all, all the very best in uh, getting the treatment he needs and the recovery he needs um, two things really, the first is, is, is a given and it's um, the fact that footballers are of course footballers but they're also human beings, you know, players who are travelling a long way to games who were you know, away from the family for a long period of time, it was the same with Callum Butcher last year, not saying the depression was an issue but obviously being away from family, friends, that sort of thing can play a part and a lot of people do forget you know that footballers are human beings but one thing which really got on my nerves was the comment that his club made and I can't remember for the life of me who the club was obviously he announced his retirement from the game and they they made a horrible comment about the dodgy timing of it all and that just absolutely stank from me because as a, as a football club whether a person's if a person's got a broken leg or a an injury caused a physical injury people care and people say something about it Nath. but if it's something like depression or mental health they have a dig and think it's oh it's in your mind get over it yeah it's, uh, I, mean, I saw the uh, comment from the club and it was uh, it was <laughs> ridiculous really wasn't it but it but it's straight he was clearly thinking about themselves and not even at all contemplating how obviously what 
uh, Lenny's obviously going through and it obviously must be a, a bad thing for him to feel like he needs to retire from football so uh, it's just one of those things the things that it's so, those problems that people can't physically see so they think it doesn't exist whereas you know it does and I feel like in in this day and age um, people will be more aware of that by now but obviously obviously not but hopefully you know with him coming out and being honest and uh, you know hopefully he gets us any support that, that he needs and uh, you know and it, it can overcome it and hopefully it supports other people in the future and helps raise that awareness so from well. what I've just read it was I think it was Farnborough FC yeah, pretty, Farnborough, pretty yeah. much made it said he said that they announced his retirement on their social media and pretty much forced him to make his depression public yeah. rather than keeping it private which was what he wanted mm. which is also wrong you should never force somebody to to, to say that I mean you've got to hand it to him because to be open and to be honest about depression is a huge huge thing to do I mean everyone has got the demons and everyone has the battles but it's the biggest literally the biggest step is saying that I need help and obviously he's done that and he's not wanted to, discla- he's not wanted to disclose it but the club have forced him to exactly and you look wrong. at you look at someone like Billy Key obviously was here when he was going through his battles he 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 made it public, he never kept it private, he spoke about his battles, he spoke about his ups, his downs, and made everyone aware of what it is actually like in the mind of a footballer trying to battle with this, as well as trying to do their profession day-to-day. You look at a normal person, they've got a day-to-day job to do, and they've got to battle with it. Footballers are saying, football's just a job, it's not their life, it's a job. Exactly. So, to be forced to do it, to, to, to be told about it, Fair enough, he might have come out a few weeks later and said, I've got depression, I've got to stop playing football. If it had been on his own time, it would have been fine. But because it's just forced, it's like the whole footballing world seems to turn the nose up at it and Farnborough's had a lot of backlash from it. And rightly bloody so yeah. as well, really. I mean, we, like I said, we wish Lenny all the, the best in, in getting the treatment that he needs, obviously. Any player. You know, football is a game full rife of emotions when you win it's great when you lose it's bloody horrible and when you draw it's it's frustrating and it's a long season and it's so so intense it's almost like a, a boiling pot sometimes and you know when you get a, on a player's back if a player's had two or three bad games you start getting on a player's back that's why I particularly don't like doing it because sometimes there's a little bit more if you were performing badly at your job on a consistent basis you might be pulled into a manager's office and you might have, have a word with you but I wouldn't come and shout down I your get name. told every day uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't come and shout down it's, your it's name a manager's job though isn't it yeah. Yeah. not a sportless <coughs> to be shouting that sort of stuff but I wouldn't come and sh- you know, shout in your ear that you, you bloody rubbish and put that pressure on because that makes it worse and I think you know sometimes football fans sadly do play a part in, in players being like that I mean you know this you've got to have broad shoulders sometimes you do. in football. You do, unfortunately. You really do, as in as in life. Really. Uh, yeah, yeah. And basically, all I want to say is why I want to touch upon this. I mean, there's been periods for me, and it's probably been well publicised with a bloody Google search and that stupid front page headline, um, where it's been I've had sort of dark moments and things like that, and doing something like this has helped me come through that. So I'm bloody proud that we do this every week, and I know that going to football sometimes for people and going and going to see 
the faces that they sit with can be that lift as well. So what I want to say is whether you're an ex-player, whether you're an ex-manager or a current player, manager, coach, whatever, or just somebody yeah. humble like us in this room who is struggling, it is the biggest part to speak out about it and get help. But honestly, there are people out there who will listen and who will who will care. So, you know, good luck to Bill, uh, good luck to um to Pidge and uh, to anybody uh, who's on that because it you can't just switch it on and off like a light. It's something which stays there forever so you know good luck with it Pigeon to the football club who made those comments and to everyone on social media who's made those negative comments past or present about players with depression shame on you let's uh, very quickly do our um, uh, predictions for Saturday uh, away at Cambridge um, no no draw last year it was not a great game to watch I'm expecting more this year I think there's going to be goals we're going to obviously stick with a three Hayden White at right side centre half please um, <laughs> prediction time what are you going to go with Si? I think I'll sneak it 2-1 Nath? 1-0 Cam? 2-0 2-0 and if it's not 2-0 I'm going to agree with Cam clean sheet 2-0 nice early start goal early doors and if it's not 2-0 and we don't get 3 points get back on the bus Get your coats, get back on the bus and come back when you've grown some. That's it from the Mansfield Matters podcast for this week. I've been Craig Priest. With me as always, we've had Simon Merce, we've had Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. If you want to join us every single Thursday uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash MCFC Matters at 6.30. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, where were you? Come and join all the fun. Thank you very much for, for watching. Uh, thank you very much for, for, for listening as well. And thank you very much for all your comments. We'll see you next Next Thursday at 6.30, come on you stags. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.